Driving the Future is a podcast about where the automotive industry is going and how not only to keep up with the rapidly changing business, but to shape it. Fueled by such factors as the digital revolution and customer expectations, the automotive industry is changing lanes. More and more, customers aren't looking for a car so much as a mobility experience, and OEMs are having to adapt in order to deliver it. Mobility certainly depends on what's inside the car, specifically the software, of course. And um, the software right now brings complete new features and mobility services. That is Ralph Blessman, Capgemini's head of automotive in Germany. There's a huge demand from the customer side towards features, supports, and services. However, the car is still a car, and there are certain expectations also belonging to the mechanics, for instance. So the car's performance and the integration into the software is what car manufacturers over their ecosystem must now deliver. And um, of course, the customer experience is maybe the most dynamic part where really the differentiation takes place. So over the entire, for all digital and physical touch points, the software is the main driver for change. This emphasis on software has implications upstream in the process, for example, in terms of architecture. The importance of software architecture in this game cannot be overemphasized. And this brings a lot of ramifications. Think how complicated the installation of an over-the-air update mechanism is. And this concerns the entire ecosystem and will be an ever-dynamic procedure over the entire life cycle of the car. But it goes beyond software and architecture. Because if you go further upstream, you need to run all this on something. Pascal Fayard, Senior Director for Automotive Business Transformation, Capgemini Engineering, picks up the thread. Software is going to be key in the future, but not software alone. Software with a good uh, combination with the hardware. You, you cannot have a, a very good software on your smartphone if the hardware is not uh, providing the right computation power which is necessary. And so what is difficult for the, uh, for the car OEMs at the moment and for the tier one suppliers is not to shift from the hardware to the software, as some uh, industries have done uh, recently, but to build on the top of the hardware the necessary software to reach the level of experience that the customers are, are looking for and, and are willing to, to pay for. Yes, software is important, but at the end of the day, today and tomorrow, a car will be still a car with four wheels, some doors, and so if this kind of benefits for the customer are not fulfilled and still fulfilled, then there, is a, there will be an issue. This is the difficulty, having the hardware combined with the software with the, the right level of uh, intertwining with, uh, between the two. The four wheels and some doors side of the equation is the thing that OEMs have done traditionally and what they're good at. But the software side of the equation can be uncharted territory. Pascal doesn't recommend OEMs to travel it alone. But that isn't without its complications either. It's clear that the, the OEMs need to, to extend their, their design process and they need to be open to, uh, to third parties that are not part of their traditional supply chain. So they need to, uh, to set up some kind of correct collaborative. But the question is, develop this kind of services, you need, they need to be based on, the, on, on some data. 
And so the question is, uh, who owns the data? Who has the data? And, uh, and, and clearly, the, uh, there is going to be a competition between, between the, uh, all the stakeholders. And do we go, as we, as we have done for the smartphone, accepting to share all the data that are related to our use of the phone because we get a service or we get services that we consider much better in terms of value than the cost to share our privacy? Or will we decide for the, for the cars that clearly using a car with our family or for our mobility is something which is really private and that we don't want to share? So a lot of people are talking about data monetization. Clearly, the question is, these people will get access to the relevant data to develop the service that they want to develop for the customer. Ralph agrees. The data ownership is a key question. And to be competitive, the OEMs have really to open up it to the entire ecosystem. And the vehicle design has to be opened up. Because otherwise, an OEM will never compete having all the services that are necessary available for the end client. And this will be a continuous fight for competitive advantage in this ecosystem, and it will stay dynamic. But full integration across the ecosystem sounds like it would lead to a lot of organizational complexity, which raises the question, is there any other way? It's difficult to answer if there's, if there's any, any alternative, because, because clearly, currently, the, the OEMs they don't have the resources the, in terms of people, in terms of money, to set up the whole ecosystem. So they need to rely on some external companies, but not in the way how they rely today on their suppliers, which is clearly on a top-down approach. They, want, they need to have a more collaborative approach, and they are not used to, to do so even between them, even more with, uh, with third parties that are part of the, of the automotive industry. So this is clearly a, a, change in their, a change in the way of work, a change in the, in the way how to share responsibilities. And if they don't yeah, grasp the, the, this opportunity, clearly uh, they will not be able to deliver the, the services and the product that are expected by the customers in, uh, today and in the future. In order to navigate these collaborations and integrations, it's important to map your course carefully. Now, there are many decisions to take. The first one I mentioned is, do you want to build on your own or open up to the ecosystem? And how would this ecosystem look like? Would it be just the usual suppliers? Would it be even a collaboration with a tech company that is, on the other hand, competing for the customer front end? And how do you integrate your partners, hyperscalers, or even collaborate with other automotive manufacturers. Pascal agrees. Yes, indeed, uh, it, it does raise some, some very important issues about, uh, about ownership, about uh, security control. And, and the key question that's going to arise with the, the move that has been taken by the, the OEMs to, to store data in the cloud is going to be the, the, the question of shared responsibility. In the case, and it will, it will happen, it's already happening, it's a case of a, an accident because the car didn't behave in the right way, because the data which are in the, in the cloud were not accessible in the short term or in very short time. The question that will, uh, that will raise instantly will be who is responsible of this, of this accident. Is it the OEM? Because he's the one who has designed a car with all the services around 
And so he has to provide an end-to-end solution. Or is it the hyperscaler? Because as a provider of data, he was not able to provide the level of service that was necessary to avoid the accident. And clearly, this kind of, of question will, will become more and more important. And the responsibility is far from, from being clear because, uh, yes, there is a, a civil responsibility of the OEM because they have the right and they are given the right by the administrations to, to put a car in, in the market and they have to provide the right level of safety. And so, uh, as a customer, uh, if we have an issue, we have to, uh, to sue the, the, the car maker. And keeping in mind that the, the end user wants uh, not a car with multiple of services, uh, with uh, data on the cloud and so on. First, he wants a, a car which is safe, secure, robust. And the question of opening the ecosystem, sharing the responsibility, and being responsible at the end in front of the customers is going to be a key issue uh, that the OEMs and the, uh, the suppliers, the hyperscaler and the traditional uh, tier one suppliers have to define all together or to find a solution. Otherwise, it will going to be either the administration or the, the, uh, the end users that are going to decide on their own. In addition to this new landscape of partnerships, the emerging importance of software in the automotive design process also affects another long-standing issue within the internal workings of OEMs. Pascal explains. When you are at the stage where it's, you are on the mature market, it's very difficult to gain new customers without extending your number of marketing options or options in your car. And so you have always a kind of fight within the OEM's organization between the, uh, the sales people and marketing people asking more and more options and, and uh, specific development to meet the individualized demand that we, we, people can see on the market. And we go for more and more individual vehicles with uh, very specific options. And on the other side, you have the engineering and, and the manufacturing organization, which is fighting against this uh, increasing number of options because it's increasing the complexity is increasing the number of parts along the uh, the production line and so it's also uh, so very costly so the uh, the key question are we collectively able to afford or to propose this kind of uh, excellent number of options but with the limited cost of uh, of production meaning that uh, most of the options are software driven or software developed and so you can have a very extensive coverage of the market with a limited cost of development because you have made decoupling in the right way between software and hardware. And so you get the, the production cost and the sustainability of your economic model through the standardization of the hardware, but you get the very fine and very good definition of, of your benefits for the customer through the software. So clearly the, the, the link, we cannot say that the number of options are going to decrease. I think it's, it's a clearly a fantasy. But at the same time, the OEMs have to find a way how the cost of production of these options are getting lower and lower. Ralph recognizes that there are advantages to this approach. So I agree that the platform approach has many advantages because you become independent from specific configurations. This means also to rethink the process of designing and building a car and managing the vehicles. And the OEMs have to become experts in software. And it's not easy because if you look at the talents today, the majority today are not software talents. So this is a massive change 
and of course also a war for talent in the market. When you get the right people in place, a standard platform approach enables OEMs to create very personalized customer experiences and deliver them quicker than ever. If you standardize how you can at the same time personalize the process of industrialization in our site is, uh, is there and uh, is increasing. And people want to have a product or a service which is different than their neighbor or their friends, and they want it straight away. They don't want to wait. So if you don't have some kind of standardized product at the, uh, at the core of your, of your product range that you can adapt and, and adjust for the, the demand, it's going to be uh, difficult to be, uh, to be present on the market. We are used to buy a lot of things to get the very streamlined purchasing process and not to wait for months for, for the product and services. So clearly, the kind of platform approach and standardization of, of the hardware and also of most of the software, but with the ability to adjust as much as possible to the customer demand as quickly as possible, is clearly the, the ultimate goal that the OEMs have to, have to develop. One area in which these personalized digital customer experiences can influence the very business models of OEMs is in the area of car sharing. The software transformation is going on and running. And for these new business models, it's of course important that the same functionalities are available as if you would buy a car, which means you want to have the infotainment features. You like to have the personalization of your services. And this is, of course, something that is a huge challenge for these automotive manufacturers because they need to make sure that you as an end client are recognized and you get the seat position, you get the temperature, you get the infotainment of choice. And uh, not to remember the previous driver, but the current driver. And this also is, um, of course, um, in the very beginning. On the other hand, with a proper software architecture, feasible. Pascal, however, reminds us that a more traditional model of car ownership will not be disappearing anytime soon. The discussion about car sharing and riding is, is also quite interesting because we cannot say that up to now it has been very successful. There are some developments, but when you survey the, the users, they are only partly satisfied. And it's, it comes in complement to other means of mobility and sometimes with the car ownership. And I think we need to think back about the, the symbol that we, which is related to the, when, we, when we own a car. It's not the car that we own, it's not the car that we want. What we want, we want the key in our pocket meaning that we are able to move and to, uh, to be mobile when we want, with who we want, uh, to where we want. Basically, it's a total freedom. And for the moment, these car sharing and ride hailing services do not provide this kind of digital key in the pocket. You still have to wait. You still have not sure that the, the, the people or the car will be, uh, will be available on time and so on with the right level of service, with the, the right level of intimacy, for instance, if you want, the right level of temperature. And so basically, yes, it's almost like owning a car, but it's not exactly that because you don't own, you don't have the key in your pocket. Thanks to our guests, Ralph Blessman and Pascal Fayard for their insights. 
If you want to learn more, check out the Technovision for Automotive playbook. There's a link to download it in the show notes. For more insights about how your business can help shape the future of the automotive industry, smash that subscribe button. That wraps it up for today. We'll see you next time with another edition of Driving the Future.